everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Input 2. I am your host, Tanner Kenny, and with me today, once again on the Remote Podcast, I have a couple of wonderful guests. Uh, Nick has been on the program before, but Kellen has not, I don't believe, so why don't you, t- I already said your names, but introduce yourselves anyways. <laughs> um, I'm Kellen Harrison, I'm the current senior podcast editor and Star Wars fanatic. Excellent. Uh, I am Nick Black, and I have once been kicked out out of a Chinese restaurant. That's, you know what? That's good. That's an interesting fact. Uh, <laughs> I think... Oh, you can eat buffet. <laughs> oh, man. Imagine getting kicked out of a buffet. I, I can't imagine. It's like getting going to Ponderosa and getting thrown, da- thrown out. That'd be, that'd be pathetic and a little sad. But, you know what? It's fine. Happens to the best of us. But not that we're going anywhere anyways, because, of course, this is... Week two of uh, being trapped indoors. Uh, Things are going uh, slowly, uh, for me at least, and uh, I'm having trouble keeping track of things. Uh, How have things been for the two of you? The same. I forgot today was Sunday. Oh, no. (laughs) I thought today was um, Friday, so yeah, it's been a day. And Nick? Woke up at 12. <laughs> nice. I woke up at like, I actually woke up at 10 today. Yesterday I woke up at like 1230, but today I woke up at 10. Not sure why. I guess my body was like, yo, you have things you need to do today. And I was like, you're right. So here I am. Uh, definitely didn't go to bed at a reasonable time last night, but I did wake up at 10. So now that we have established where we are, let's establish where we're going. And that is to talk about more movies and kellen has already uh hinted at and of course if you've read the title of this podcast you know we're going to be talking about star wars but this sort of came as a follow-up to last week when we were talking about tv shows to binge there are also franchises you can binge because there are a lot of huge multimedia franchises stuff like the marvel comics universes and uh dc as well i guess if you if you're into that uh (laughs) You know, uh, lots of other media franchises. There are hundreds of hours of movies, TV shows, games, books. And for casual fans who just never had the time to indulge, now could be the perfect time. And that is why we are here to discuss one of the biggest and most celebrated, but equally most hated star uh, sci-fi franchises, Star Wars. Also known as Space Kino, if, uh, if I'd say that later. So do not be alarmed. Uh... Disclaimer, I have seen maybe five of the nine Star Wars movies in the Skywalker saga, and I played KOTOR. That's valid. <laughs> and I played KOTOR. Uh, that's like my Star Wars knowledge summed up. So I'm not the most knowledgeable. That's why I've brought you two on here. Uh, so I'm curious to start off with a question uh, that I want to know about from Star Wars fans, and I was definitely curious after the rise of... Uh, the return um rise of skywalker came out why <laughs> uh what got you into star wars in the first place uh kellen if you are ready to start um so basically i grew up in star wars specifically return of the jedi i don't know that was one that just always stuck out to me and i just rewatched it all the time when i was little it was like most of the space battles and the sword fights that always drew me in because they were like 
you had like all these bright colors and everything that was going on and plus there was this idea of like pretty much coming from a desert being able to make it big and become a hero and i live in the middle of nowhere between like five cornfields so like seeing that was such a big deal to me i always thought it was so cool and now the reason why I still love it is because of the politics within it. Like, I enjoy trying to understand lack thereof because we have, like, droids and stuff. Um, human emotion that's behind every decision and also, like, how it's um, tied into current events we are facing or are facing today, um, which I know we'll get into later. Yeah. Right, how about you, Nick? Uh, I, it's pretty similar for me. I, I grew up on Star Wars. Um, my first movie was not the best one. It was Attack of the Clones. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that is sometimes considered the worst one, but we'll get into that later. <laughs> yeah, I still fell in love with it, though. Uh, for me, it was, though, it was the creativity of it, uh, the alien designs, the planets, uh, the ideas. I, I fell in love with just uh, the creativity of it all. Yeah. Uh, that's fair. That's what I know. When people talk about Star Wars, they like to talk about the world building that uh, is really good. Not necessarily by George Lucas, but in the extended universe, people have a lot of really positive things to say about the world you can create with Star Wars and the kinds of stories you can tell. Uh, so yeah. Uh, thank you both for sharing that. Uh. Have any either of you indulged in Star Wars media outside of the movies? Uh, yeah. I've read a couple books from the franchise. I didn't really get into them that much for some reason. I think it's because they were stretched out so much. Oh, yeah. You know, like, the time. I continue of Star Wars, basically. But um, I read a couple of those. They're mostly like the Han Solo um, series. Um. And then I also read Carrie Fisher's book called The Princess Diarist, which was really cool because it kind of talked about her experience on set and stuff. Um, other than that, I kind of watched um, the Clone Wars TV show with my brother. And that was kind of the area where I was kind of getting out of watching Disney as much. Like I started moving to like Netflix shows. So I got into it a little bit, but not too much. Okay. How about you, Nick? Uh, Clone Wars a lot. It's probably some of my favorite Star Wars materials ever ever came out. It came from Clone Wars. Uh, I also played the the video games like uh, uh, the new one that just uh, came out. Uh, I played a lot of, and uh, I also wa uh, read the uh, Star Wars Thrawn books as well. Okay, yeah, and for, they're pretty good. Yeah, and I mean, I, like I said I I played Kotor. Uh, I really love Kotor. I think that it's fantastic. Uh, the second one I have not gotten a chance to play yet because I never finished the first KOTOR and I didn't want to jump into the second one. Uh, and I, I did watch the Clone Wars TV show as a kid. Uh, I really liked it uh, from what I remember of it, but it's been a long time since I've actually watched it myself. So, yeah. Yeah, I... I got into them a little bit, but I'm definitely an OG Star Wars fan. Like, you know... The original ones and i wasn't really too much into, into the prequels and so jumping into the clone wars when i wasn't really a huge fan of the prequels itself was just kind of difficult for me yeah i, I think that's fair because you know the prequels uh 
they have their quirks <laughs> for for lack of a better term the prequels certainly are quirky uh, uh and i'm talking about sand and politics come on <laughs> look i love space politics i i enjoy <laughs> star trek all right i love space Ew. politics <laughs> so i actually don't mind that with the prequels but we're getting a little uh i'm getting a little ahead of myself there uh i'm curious both of you have uh touched on this a little bit but what sort of magic do you think Star Wars has that makes it such a cultural phenomena? Like, what does it do really well that allows it to be so prevalent in pop culture? From the, oops, sorry. <laughs> but I think uh, the thing that does Star Wars does really well is the fact that it's very recognizable. Uh, a lot, of, it has very complex themes, but simplifies it down. You know, like the philosophy of good and bad can be boiled down to basically good guy wears white, bad guy wears black. Mm-hmm. Good guy has blue lightsaber. Bad guy has red lightsaber. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. can be expanded upon, and I think that it's, does a good job of easing people into its world and into its stories and themes, and then broadening it as the story plays out. Yeah, I... yeah. I was gonna um, touch on that a little bit, <laughs> just to, like going off of what you were saying. Like, I feel like today especially now the world is such like a dark place and when you get into like the politics of it all it kind of just gets a little muddy and confusing on who to root for so paul like what nick was saying star wars gives you those two sides the light side or the dark side so it makes it easy to choose who you're on this like basically whose side you're on and like like it's built on hope and changing one's destiny so like again like if you come from a middle like the middle of nowhere there's that hope that you can like you know do something yeah you don't need change (laughs) yeah you don't need to be part of uh well originally you didn't need to be part of a fancy bloodline you didn't need the midichlorians in your blood to uh be able to be a jedi master and then you know then it became anybody could be uh, could be a Jedi Master, even somebody who uh, was sold off to pay for their so their parents could pay for drug money, and then they changed that. So yeah, uh, I guess you know all of those themes are just gone, right? <laughs> Oops. 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 Thank you, J.J. Abrams. Uh, yeah, I would agree with both of those things. I think that what Star Wars, in terms of telling narratives there's a lot more that it isn't saying uh in terms of how it's depicted depicting the world around it but it does simplify a lot of themes and it creates very easy to digest narratives at least in the movies i think in the extended universe there's a lot more depth in terms of how they tell stories and even in some of like the the stand like more of the standalone pieces they uh branch out from the very cut and dry good and evil sort of stories and go into a little bit of the gray which i think the gray and like the scummy uh the scummier parts in the mandalorian specifically are very interesting and i'd like to see that explored more with star wars but that's just my opinion uh there's a lot of magic with star wars it's very much fun and if it's not fun, why bother? Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And since we've already talked... I... Yeah. Feel free to go, Colin. Sorry. No. Feel yeah. Free. Um, I personally haven't seen The Mandalorian. It's on my watch list, though, because I just recently 
we got Disney Plus being in isolation, so I haven't really seen it yet. Um, but I am very excited, and I think, um, well, I have heard that it kind of touches a little more on those people in the in-between of the light side and the dark side. Like, you have the bounty hunters that no one really, I guess, talks about in the franchise and um, their own role in, I guess, depicting society today. And so I'm actually very interested to see how in this series. Yeah. Have you seen The Mandalorian, Nick? Uh if I'm being completely honest, I want to watch it, but currently I refuse to watch it. That's fair. Well, go into that a little bit. I'm curious. I have watched a lot of Star Wars content, but currently right now I, I, I'm sort of on like a Star Wars break. Ever since Rise of Skywalker came out, oh, I went on boy. this... I went on a Star Wars hiatus. I was just like, I'm done. I, I can't do like any more of this right now. I just need... A break and then when i come back to it i feel like i'll appreciate it more but right now i just i just need a break from it and that's something i definitely want to ask about later who boy i wonder why <laughs> i i'm not gonna assume of course anything uh with the rise of skywalker but you know uh so yeah uh this will lead us now into talking about the movies themselves the core of the franchise because i like the tv shows are pretty good uh the books i've heard are pretty good KOTOR is great, but there's a lot... The, all, the core of Star Wars are the nine Skywalker saga movies, and then I guess the standalone movies, but I don't think even Kathleen Kennedy wants to pretend that Solo is a part of the rest of the, the Star Wars universe, so we will exclude that one, uh, <laughs> in, except to make fun of it. Alright? So, what I think is very interesting about Star Wars in terms of how the Skywalker saga is made, is that you have the original trilogy, which was made in the 70s and 80s, right? And then you move into the prequels, which were made in the late 90s, early 2000s. Early to mid-2000s, I think. Uh, Revenge of the Sith was like 2005, if I'm correct, but could be yeah. wrong. Uh, Around that area. And then the sequels were started in 2014 with, uh, with, uh, that was, uh, when Force Awakens 2014, right? I didn't, mm -hmm. I didn't double check. All right. I'm, I'm glad that I'm remembering these dates. You know, those are on brain folds. <laughs> Instead of important things, I know Star Wars release dates. Uh, <laughs> it's great. Uh, I found obviously that there's some, social commentary within star wars because it's not happening in a vacuum uh i found an article from the new york post uh about how uh star wars was uh george lucas george lucas was trying to protest vietnam with it and star wars has had some anti-war themes that was a lot of what was in the prequels uh was anti-war like uh they basically took things literally said by president george w bush at the time in, in during the iraq war and put those comments into the prequels you know like if you're not with us you're against us only sith deal in absolutes those sorts of parallels uh and then the sequels um they were made for a reason <laughs> i uh mm -hmm. I wouldn't know because I wasn't able to find anything. 
What? Why the reason was money. <laughs> why do you think? What What is the heart behind the the sequels? You know, what is the driving uh possible force behind the the storytelling? I feel like the obvious one is that we're in a world right now, um, which is very good, um, where we're waiting to see more um, female identity in film and entertainment itself. And so I feel like it touches on that a little bit. Yeah. Just because we have this main um, female character in the lead and it shows her, I guess, saving the galaxy and um fighting through everything regarding her identity and um basically her destiny yeah <laughs> yeah i i think that that's something that the sequels actually to, to the sequels credit that's something that they i think they do do pretty well is in writing uh stronger female leads like daisy ridley and uh what what's her character ray Ray, uh, Ray, nobody. All right, <laughs> that's who she is. Uh, Ray is, you know, people will will say she's a Mary Sue, but she's not any more of a Mary Sue than Luke Skywalker was uh, in the original trilogy. Honestly, like, come on, come uh, on, uh, Mr. Farmhand, Mr. Farmhand, uh, flawlessly pilots a ship and then destroys a uh, big, uh, big space orb. Right? Yeah, I believe that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I believe it okay nick i'm curious i'm curious your perspective you're, you're seeming a little apprehensive about this comment here about luke skywalker i, I agree with a lot of what uh Kellen said of the of the female protagonist lee i do like the fact that the sequels want to go down that route of writing a great female character the problem that i had with ray constantly when she gets compared to the luke is the fact that one thing that i liked about luke was the fact that he could stand basically on his own where i feel like ray constantly is backed by other characters we've known before i i'd actually rather her be you know ray nobody not ray skywalker or ray palpatine which yeah. made me really annoyed <laughs> yeah Ooh. well you know i mean ryan johnson tried uh <laughs> <laughs> ryan johnson sure did try to make ray a better character and then uh, everyone got angry. Uh, so, well, and the fan reactions is something that I think is not unique to Star Wars, but Star Wars fans certainly have some of the worst takes. No offense. It's, it's, no, no, you're absolutely right. Um, personally, I feel like Star Wars fans kind of destroyed a little bit of the sequels. Yeah, and will, of course. <laughs> This <laughs> is Kellen's balding over there. What's up, Kellen? I'm quaking. <laughs> What's up, Kellen? What's on your mind? I just okay. I mean, to be fair, I do get very defensive. Star Wars and little bit of stuff, but I didn't think I'd be outed that hard, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. I didn't mean anything by it. <laughs> I meant no, it's just everything funny. by it. So for the record. <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah it's fun <laughs> no nah, it's all right this this, this some of the, that's what you have to talk about with star wars because you, you can't avoid the fan base it's um of it's part of what makes star wars a major cultural phenomena it's just how it goes uh 
so I think that going back to what I was going to be talking about, uh, do you, what sort of ways do the different time periods these stories are created in affect how the stories are told or what stories are told, uh, judging by either the articles I shared or from your own perspectives, looking at the movies compared to the time periods they were released in? I think it gives um, a personal perspective to everything. Um, I feel like, I mean, I personally feel like what makes a really great movie is when a part of you can kind of relate to it and then grow from it. So having these films, um, you know, bring in those aspects that we are facing today and kind of um, not really put a twist on it, but, you know, put a little bit of a lesson in there and be like, hey, you know, this this is what could happen if we would have made this decision or this is what's going to happen if we stick with this decision. Um, I think that's what um, really impacts that um, that world that the franchise is creating is that we are able to relate to it a little bit more and be like, oh, okay, I see it as what you're saying now. I, I can see how that um, can impact our world, too come the future yeah um i i, I see star wars more on the uh cre- on the creator sense um i feel like the uh the, like the og like the original trilogy or the original trilogy as i like to call it <laughs> um it does a really good job of showcasing how uh working through ideas and stuff can make something really beautiful and like concise and taking your time with stuff can make a great product. Whereas the prequels showcase what happens when someone's given too much creative control and the sequels showcase what happens when the audience is given too much creative control. Yeah. I, I, think, I think that's fair. Cause what makes from my understanding, the original trilogy and I have seen uh, a new hope and uh, the second one. Wow. I, how embarrassing. Oh, no. Really? Empire Strikes Back. Empire Strikes Back. That's the, that's like the best one. I, I, I cannot believe I, I guess I have to give up my nerd, my, my cinema, I have to give up I my cinema card. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I've seen those two in the original trilogy and I know during the production of those two movies that it was very much George Lucas had like the world, but a lot of his ideas were funneled through more talented writers and directors and more talented people on board so that it could get things that were unnecessary got cut out and things that were necessary were, you know, highlighted uh, as opposed to the prequels, which are a bit of a mess uh, in terms of storytelling, not for the lack of the fact that George Lucas doesn't have good ideas because I think that some of the things that the prequels tries to do are actually really interesting. It just doesn't do them very well because George Lucas isn't a good filmmaker. <laughs> he just tried to do too much. That's why I like the Clone Wars so much better. Is the prequels tried to do too much in just not enough time that a movie could give you. The prequels would have been way better if it just was Clone Wars a TV show. Yeah. Because then you have enough time to delve into everything, which they do in the show. With the prequels, there's just too much, like, politics and conspiracies and Jedis. It's just too much to be done in three movies. Yeah, and I, I personally, I think that's something that could be applied to a lot of Star Wars, is that 
when I look at the success of stuff like The Mandalorian, which is like the most widely praised piece of Star Wars media in a long time, I, I, I look at it and I'm like, you know, I feel like this world works better episodically than uh, with how we're doing it right now. Why don't we try some more TV shows, all right? You know, maybe maybe less uh, two-hour standalone movies about Han Solo. Why not give him his own TV show? Maybe it'll be better. Uh, <laughs> I'd watch a Han Solo TV show. I'd watch that. Yeah, you know, there's a lot you can do yeah. with that. And I know there's the Obi-Wan show. I think they show. are making one. I know there's an Obi-Wan show that they're working on. They turned that from a movie into a TV show that's going to be coming to Disney+, Plus, which is probably for the best, uh, all things considered. Probably for the best. But uh, looking at the sequels, Nick, you said that uh, you feel like the fans had too much control. Uh, and Kellen is, of course, a Star Wars fan, and uh, presumably you are as well. Uh, so <laughs> I, I'm, I'm still a fan, yes. Yeah, so I'm curious to what your perspective is when you say the fans had too much control with the sequels. Well, it, it, it came down to this. I, I didn't agree a lot with Ryan, what Ryan Johnson did in Last Jedi. There were some things that I could agree on, some things I didn't agree on. Uh, the one thing, though, I thought that should have stayed consistent, though, was stick with the vision going forward. I, I know it was really dumb for Disney to make a trilogy with no plan and exchange directors, like, constantly. I didn't. I thought that was really dumb, but if I, I felt like you should have kept going with, like, the vision going forward. So when the fans complain that they don't like the new direction going in, I feel like the right response was to look through it, through what you built, and see, you know, whether or not if it did hold water, because, you know, sometimes the critiques of the fans do hold water, but somewhat stick with what you started. Like, don't just retcon stuff willy-nilly. Yeah. Because people don't like it. Yeah, it creates a bit of a mess. It, uh, obviously, it makes it look like that there are 17 writers on the team, and there probably are but it doesn't feel like there's one vision and then the audiences get jerked around left and right. So for all the, for all that the last shit I gets and the problems that it does have, because it has problems, it's all one vision. You can tell that there was a one director behind the helm. There wasn't like a focus group making all these decisions to maximize profits. It Ryan Johnson was willing to take risks in the director's chair. Did they all pan out? Not really. But I think that there's a lot of good with The Last Jedi. And personally, it's one of my favorite Star Wars movies of the ones I've seen. I actually wrote a whole article after it released about about why it's not that bad. Uh, looking at both sides of the argument. Uh, that is on Byte, bsu.com, if you would like to read that. And uh, send me a nice email about how wrong I am. Uh, <laughs> Kellen, how about... What is, <laughs> uh, Kellen, I'm curious about your perspective on the sequels because you're a star wars apologist uh how do you feel about uh what the sequels did in terms of their storytelling i i liked it the way it was before the rise of Scar um, skywalker um i liked the rise of skywalker as its own standalone movie not looking at it in like the big picture, like, trilogy type of way. Um, it, like, with how it, like, works with the other two movies, um, 
I didn't really care for it because I felt like, um, like what Nick was saying, it was just kind of like, boom, here. Now she has a family background. I guess that makes sense now. It just seemed all too sudden, like her, her story playing out. And I wasn't prepared for it, I guess. And there was no really hinting to it in the other two movies. And so it just wasn't a really good build up to that final movie that made it all, I guess, um, work cohesively with the rest. Um, I did like the first two movies more than the last one, though, because it made more sense. Um, You have this character, again, coming out basically from the desert. She's lived on her own. You don't know anything about her past, but she's doing all this to make a name for herself. Again, you have that story again. And so it made more sense that just to make her, I guess, the granddaughter of Palpatine, which everybody's like, where'd he come from? Or what, what's going on? Like, it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, give me a moment here. My Chromebook has decided to reboot on me. So I do not have the outline in front of me right now. That is the wrong link. Uh, where in the heck? Okay, I'm trying to get it up on my desktop, but I did not have it up here because I was kind of just trying to watch audio. But, uh, you know, my Chromebook has decided that it no longer wants to be a part of this world. So let's take a moment here to collect our thoughts because I'm going to be asking about The Rise of Skywalker specifically uh, once we get back into it. <clears throat> Da, da, da. please okay yes please restore my pages no chrome please gosh fine you know what whatever it's up on my computer now okay all right let me just move this this okay see everyone's audio levels this is fun all right now okay back in three two one yeah uh with the with the sequels, there definitely is that sort of mess of uh, incoherent plot lines. The first two are definitely connected, like uh, like you were saying, Kellen. They have a lot of similar themes. They feel like two movies that are in the same uh, trilogy, where the Rise of Skywalker feels like just a you know an obligation for everyone involved. Uh, from my from how it looks to me, um. And let's one of the uh, prevailing narratives about the perceptions of these trilogies uh, before the sequels were released was that the prequels, aside from maybe Revenge of the Sith, were bad. And the OG trilogy, aside from maybe Return of the Jedi, are all good. Uh, now, nowadays, when you look at the all three of the trilogies, the uh, the main theory, the main like popular consensus is that uh prequels in the og are good for different reasons but the sequels are bad or rather the prequel trilogy is entertaining but not necessarily good in terms of like movie quality the original trilogy are all good but the sequels are bad uh consider the rise in popularity of prequel memes uh hello there i hate sand general kenobi uh <laughs> whatever else the, the prequel <laughs> memes are uh Lies. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking about prequel memes now. I actually do like prequel memes. I I I know they're corporate, 
I like I feel in my bones that they were designed by Disney to make people hate the prequels less to because that's you know th- half of your franchise at the time is movies that are widely not really liked so you gotta you gotta increase the value of that property by making people ironically like the prequels because uh, eventually right. you joke about them enough and you start to genuinely like it that's how it goes uh, <laughs> that's how it goes with a lot of things so <laughs> Why why do the sequels get so much crap these days? Specifically Rise of the Skywalker, which got a lot of crap from both fans and people who weren't fans. Now, it reviewed better with general audiences, I believe, on Rotten Tomatoes than uh, The Last Jedi did. But The Last Jedi had um, other things that people didn't like with it. Uh, and... Personally, I think there were some extenuating circumstances with The Last Jedi uh, where Star Wars fans were just upset. What? Why is The Rise of Skywalker such an underwhelming conclusion to this whole... Or is it an underwhelming conclusion to this whole saga, this whole first saga that we have? it's just like again i feel like it was just thrown at us like there was no real purpose to it i guess when you look at the entire like star wars franchise i mean you thought you were done with palpatine and return of the jedi turns out he's back we don't know how we you know look why like why he was there how he got there it just it seems so abrupt and there was no reasoning to back up the decisions made in the movie i feel like yeah yeah i i'd agree with that it, it, it feels like a movie that it feels like the first draft almost like the first draft of here's the ideas we have you know palpatine comes back uh sith planets uh kylo ren gets redeemed and then jj was like great it's great let's work with that and the runs are like wait we're not gonna try to do another like meetup again it's like no we'll just work with that that's it this is the script <laughs> it's just the script we did that all in one day <laughs> it's like it's like a fan it's like a fan film that, that somebody wrote in like it's like a fan film yeah in like in like six hours and like it's obviously bad fan fiction but they're just gonna run with it oh yeah palpatine's back why how who cares stop asking questions if you stop asking questions it starts to make I was, sense i was shocked that we didn't have like a darth maul and darth vader cameo yeah like old obi-wan like i'm surprised we didn't go all over the place i mean we already got darth maul in the solo movie uh without the spider legs although i think he had them the real he question got... <laughs> he kind of got rid of the spider legs really quickly yeah the, the real question is where is savage oppress darth maul's recolor i mean brother uh in the extended universe savage oppress yeah. my favorite star wars character Come on, he's yellow. He's Darth Maul, but yellow. He's a fantastic original character. Come on, guys. Oh man, look hey, at first off, he's green. He's green first he's, off. He's green. I thought he. Okay, my bad. <laughs> I, I can't you get that wrong. <laughs> I, I'm not a real fan. I'm a fake fan. I'm sorry. I've been exposed already. 
So, how do you rank the twi- the trilogies, uh, the two of you? Because you, you have some different perspectives. Uh, how would you rank them? Okay, okay. Okay, OG first. <laughs> yeah, that's the, the first one, the best one. All right. Prequels, and then sequels. Okay, so OG, prequels, and sequels from Kel and Nick. Uh, I'd actually agree with that. I'd, I'd rank them OG prequels than sequels. Ooh. Oh, wait, is that not what Kellen said? No, I oh, said is that. that what, is that what you said? Yeah. So we're in, oh. oh, yeah, we have consensus here. Uh, so that's what I thought. No, it's a, I understand. It's kind of hard because prequel and sequel are basically the same word. And if you, like, cut out in the first part, it's like, oh, which one is it? Uh, thank you, Discord, for providing us with this <laughs> great platform to use uh, <laughs> for this for this podcast. Yeah, um, honestly, I think that there's, if the sequels was just, like, Force Awakens and uh, Last Jedi, I would rate them higher than the prequels, uh, from what I've watched of each of the three trilogies, because I have seen all of the prequels. I've actually seen, like, seven of the Star Wars movies, now that I think about it, because I've watched all three of the prequels, two of the OG trilogy, and then two of the sequel trilogy. So, you know, uh, I would I, if it was just the first two of the sequels, I'd actually rank them higher than the prequels because for all the good that the prequels have, it's still just bad movies with bad writing, bad acting, and awful characters. Uh, the sequels has better writing and characters until Rise of Skywalker. So... You know, that's just my perspective. But with The Rise of Skywalker, yeah, you guys are both probably right. <laughs> you, guys <are> right. <laughs> you guys are probably correct with that one. So, how I don't about. No, I feel like even if we only had the two movies in the sequels, um, I would still rank it below the prequels. Because I don't know, like, my, my list of favorite movies goes um, Return of the Jedi, then Attack of the Clones. So. The second one? Yeah. Why? Why? <laughs> I don't know. It's just, okay, it's the drama. It's the drama that holds me in. Space like, politics. You know how, like, yes, keep going. Drama, Kelly. though. Then you have the romance. I just... <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> don't judge me. I'm not judging you. I'm laughing because I don't know how to respond to that. Also, when I think like, of... the sad part just gets me every time i i do hate sand all right it's coarse <laughs> it's rough it's irritating and it gets everywhere <laughs> but, like that's the reason why i watch it again is because the sand part just like see every time yeah and you know what that's fair they are entertaining movies regardless <laughs> of their quality like the pod racing scene in uh the po- whole pod racing sequence in Phantom Menace, legitimately just entertainment. It's it's schlock, but it's pretty good schlock. That's the only reason why I watch it. <laughs> Let's try spinning. That's a neat trick, you know. Such great. Well, that door fades too. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. That's true. That that's a really good moment too. The se- the the prequels have good moments. The original trilogy has good moments, and uh, the sequels also have them, presumably. Uh, um, right? What what's uh what's what do you think will be like the big moment from the sequel movies that when people think of like 
because with uh with empire you have the uh luke i you have luke i am your father that's like the big moment of the the trilogy of that trilogy uh the original the prequel trilogy has like you know you got the duel of fates you have the uh the sea the fight scene between anakin and obi-wan on a lava planet and uh revenge revenge of the sith you know those sorts of those sorts of moments what what sort of moments do you think the sequels will have when we look back on them later i my personal one and i don't know if it's like shared but my, um i feel like the one that's going to stand out is um in the last jedi they're fighting at the end and you have um i think i believe it's the x-wings i believe it's the x-wings and they come across and they leave like a red trail like that visual is so striking that that's personally my favorite scene and i feel like a lot of people also share that so i think that'd probably be a scene that stands out yeah i'd say that that or uh from the last jedi the uh the night is it the knights of ren the like the the fighting polygon team that uh ray and kylo fight is oh yeah uh i don't know what they're actually called but they're the red there's the red guys with uh with oh, like no, they're not the knights of ren they're just uh, they're just the uh snoke's guards they're just but that, that that's probably gonna be the scene people remember though yeah because that that is a really cool fight scene and that whole moment I mean, with uh snoke and kylo and ray in that scene i think is really cool as well because you know so we can meme about subverting your expectations but it was done fairly well uh, I mean, it, it kind of still doesn't make sense a little bit. Yeah, well, you gotta suspend, you gotta suspend your disbelief a little bit with with Star Wars. You know what you're getting into. This is it's Star Wars. You know, I'm fine suspending my disbelief, but I'm suspending <laughs> my disbelief to accept your rules. And when you go back on your rules, now my disbelief is brought back again. Yeah, well, that's you're right. That's that. That's fair. Uh, what about you, Nick? What what is one of the what are some of the scenes in the sequels that you think might stand out? Say, and I hate myself the fact that I, got, I had to say because it it's actually one of the most hated scenes. But it's the scene where Holdo uh, light speeds into like the New Order's like oh the Kamikaze. Ships. Yeah, I, I I hate that scene a lot, but I think that scene does visually look very impressive. Yeah. And you know what? It's interesting how all of the scenes we mentioned were from The Last Jedi. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that curious? You know, not saying anything. Not saying anything about The Last Jedi, but... I will bring up the space force, Tanner. Don't make me do it. <laughs> we're gonna... We're gonna get really heated on the Star Wars podcast today. Alright, so... Thunder, Tanner. We're, we're going to skip over talking about the standalone movies because LOL Solo. Uh, what a disaster. Uh, there there have been a lot of directors who have been handed Star Wars uh, in the past. And uh, even and recently it's been passing between a number of hands. Are there any directors you'd like to get a second, like another chance at it? Or continue making movies for Star Wars? uh honestly ryan johnson i agree yeah honestly definitely. i feel like if he was given his own movies they would be better the problem with the last jedi was the fact that he was coming in to a trilogy that already started and had its own ideas so he wasn't allowed to so basically he was trying to do his own thing 
in a trilogy that was already doing its own thing. Yeah. Well, the I mean, oh man. It was the Force Awakens even really doing anything though. It's it's a J.J. Abrams mystery box. How I see it is Ryan Johnson opened the mystery box, found nothing inside, and it was like, well, what do I do? What do I do with this now? And he did his best with the J.J. Abrams mystery box that had nothing in it, because J.J. Abrams is a hack. A hack. Like mystery box writing is actually a bad way to storytell. <laughs> wow! I mean, unbelievable. Uh, I mean, I mean, have you? I mean, how many times has J.J. Abrams stuck the landing? Like when it comes to his films, like at the end, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, just just wonderful. So glad we're giving J.J. Abrams work. Can't wait to see what he does next. Uh, I would like to not see J.J. Abrams on Star Wars again. What about you, Kellen? Uh, other than Ryan Johnson, anyone else? No, not really. Would no. you give George Lucas another cooking. shot? What? Would you give George Lucas another shot if he was interested? Uh, it's hard because, I mean, I saw the work that he did. I'm wrong. But I um, I saw the work that he did um, in the OGs. And I was like, yeah, I can do it. Like, I like this, you know? And then, like, the prequels, I was like, mm-hmm. No, I don't like this. And I, I'm kind of afraid because I feel like he's in the time of, like, you see directors where once they get older, they're like, oh, I just need to make some quick money, you know, so I can still, like, survive. And so I feel like he's going to play into what the fan base wants a little more. And, like, as a fan, you know, I'd appreciate that. But I do appreciate when a director's like, this is what I want to do. I'm going to take this risk and it ends up turning out really good. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of afraid to give him a second chance just because of that quick money mentality, especially since he'd be working with Disney. Yeah. Like you see, you have the Porgs to, you know, address yeah. the younger audience to get them involved in it. Porgs. Um, not that that was a bad decision, but I mean, <laughs> I love Porgs are great. I defend Porgs entirely. They were pointless, <laughs> they were pointless but they were cute. You know what? BB-8. <laughs> it's fine, alright? Things are allowed to just exist and be cute, okay? It's fine. Yeah, yeah, they're a little pointless. It's it's fine. Yeah, it's whatever. Yeah, like, yeah exactly. They were just pointless. So I'm like, I don't know. I don't want to give you a second chance, but yeah, I also kind of want to see what you would do to the movies just from the way, the direction that it's went now, I want to see how he would change it. Because, like, it kind of just gives you the idea where it's like, did this actually go to plan as what you were originally thinking for the whole Star Wars franchise from the beginning, you know? It's nervous. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, pandering to fans is uh, something that Star Wars loves to do. Uh, <laughs> so let's go ahead and talk about those wonderful fans. Uh, you two are great. I'm talking about the people online. Uh, when you're discussing fandom... We have a, a podcast discussing fandom. Uh, check it out. It's Coven. I don't remember which episode, but if you look up Toxic Fandoms on ByteBSU.com, you should be able to find the podcast. It was a very good show. I was on that with uh, former uh, creative director uh, Daily Wilhelm, and uh, Ashley Curry was on that one as well, uh, who is the host of the Coven now. Uh, so when looking at Star Wars, it has one of the more uh, embarrassing fan bases online. Uh now, re recency bias will tell us that Richard and Mortimer 
is the most embarrassing. But Star Wars fans have been uh, interesting, uh, vibrant people for a much longer period of time. Uh, Observe, I included a subreddit called Saltier Than Crate. Which is a as a prequel a sequel bashing uh, session, which is what this podcast is. So you know, good company there. Uh, what about Star Wars attracts such passionate fans? I think it's like what Nick was saying earlier. You have this world building, so you have different types of people in this world coming together you know, like, various cultures and stuff, and there's at least, there's, like, that diversity there, so you have people coming together in the Star Wars franchise talking about this world that has such diversity in it, and they're willing to fight for Star Wars, for that diversity-driven franchise, you know? (laughs) I, I think I'd agree with that. It's... It's the fact that it's so old, and it, it, it's something similar to the fact that's happening with the Star Trek right now. I don't know if you guys watch it too. Is the fact that it's it's sort of now become like sort of a way of life to these fans who've grown up with it or been around it for so long. Yeah. And, and any change in that way of life is going to be met with some level of hostility. And if people don't feel like you're treating their way of life with respect, they're going to, you know lash out of them. It's very similar to what's happening to Star Trek right now in uh, the new Picard series. It was a series that is making Star Trek a lot more dark and gritty, where the original series was more uh, hopeful and bright. Yeah. And uh, I have my thoughts about Picard, but this is about Star Trek. So I mean, Star Wars. This is not about Star Trek. I did it. I said oh, I wasn't going oh, no. to. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I, have, I have been trapped under a comforter for 50 minutes all right it's <laughs> it's very very hot here uh so when one of the things i think is a fair criticism especially with the sequel movies is that the fans have a, a very interesting perspective on women uh within the movies uh so i'm curious from the both of you but i'm more i'm more curious from kellen uh as a Obviously, our our resident uh, woman Star Wars fan. Uh, hello. Hello. <laughs> uh, how do you, how do you see women within the Star Wars community treated, either in the movies themselves, the act like the actresses, uh, Daisy Ridley, Kelly Marie Tran who played Rose Tico, uh, Laura Dern who played Holdo, uh, how, or um, how do you see those women treated by the community? Um. If we're talking, like, within the movies, I mean, I liked up talking within the movies and then, like, outside the movies. Um, within the movies, um, I looked up to Carrie Fisher as Princess Leia because she, she was just, like, this spunky person that, you know, was very independent. Yeah. Um, I can argue that in action-wise, she relied heavily on... Han Solo and Luke Skywalker in some ways, but men- like mentally, she was very independent and um, I'd say driven. Um, she didn't really let herself get pushed around. So in the movies, I feel like um, there was that respect there. 
other than you had the presence of women slaves, <laughs> and especially in Return of the Jedi and Jabba the Hutt's, um, you know, home. <laughs> yeah. Um, movies, I think that there's a lot of disrespect there. I, as I said, I read Carrie Fisher's um, um, book, and she talked about how um, she got pushed around not only by the fandom and, um, you know, the fans, um, but she got pushed around by the cast itself, the director, her own um, mother in a way, because of how she looked and how society wanted women to act and look thin. And she just didn't really appreciate it too much. And it kind of strained on her mental health. Um, I also know there was a lot of controversy because Laura Dern, um, she was attacked a lot after um, her role in The Last Jedi. Just because her presence in there, people didn't really like her character, which, I mean, she was kind of pitted like that in the movie. So I guess it makes sense. But to be attacked like that on social media and outside, it did not make sense at all because that's her character. That's how she was supposed to act based on the script. Um and then Daisy Ridley, I really haven't seen too much where she's been disrespected on social media. I don't know. I could be hiding underneath the rock, but yeah, I don't uh, know that. More of the criticism for Daisy Ridley is just like people using Ray and their dislike of her character as a scapegoat to attack a Daisy Ridley. That's what I've seen. Oh, like Laura Dern. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't really think there's a whole lot of respect for women in the Star Wars franchise. Yeah. Um, from the social fan media base. wise and yeah from the fan base um but i do think in the movies itself it's gotten better especially in the sequels um because you have this main protagonist character um in a lead role so yeah and uh of course rose tico got absolutely robbed uh kelly marie tran from uh she she was in the last jedi as well and she received a bunch of hate mail from uh, fans who just did not like her or her character. And uh, she deleted her Instagram at one point from all the harassment she had been receiving. Uh, and it's widely thought that the reason Rose played such a lower, uh, such a smaller role in the rise of Skywalker was because mm -hmm. of the fact that the fans didn't like her that much. And I think that if the fans are bullying big, massive corporation Disney into screwing over one of their actresses, that's some bull crap. That's some baloney. Now, this, it's hearsay. We don't know for certain, but we do know that Kelly Marie Tran specifically received a lot of criticism. And then her character mysteriously just didn't have that big of an impact in uh, Rise of Skywalker. You know, I'm just saying, I'm do just saying. Do you think it was her own? Because I, I didn't really look too much into this. I just saw um, the controversy on Twitter, you know, as, as always. Um, do you think it was because of her own choosing or I Disney's? Mean, uh, judging by, like, interviews that she's done uh, after the movie released, uh, she's said, like, uh, I linked an indie, the IndieWire article where she talks about how she was excited to see her character interact with uh, the other main cast members. 
and she was excited to have a larger role in the rise of skywalker be now being a, supposed to be a main character and then she just didn't uh get any of those cool moments that she was hoping for she didn't get any interactions uh and there are scenes that exist of rose specifically interacting with ray that are just not in the rise of skywalker cut that we got and i imagine there's like so much unused footage from the rise of skywalker from like the 18 different versions of that movie that exists as the writers panic to cater to all the star wars fans uh i'm curious your perspective on this nick well obviously i'm going to say the fact that even if you don't like the characters presented that gives no one any right at all to insult the actresses a part of it that does not give you any right it's so awful that people do that like even if you think that ray or rose tika or characters that you know are just poorly written that does not give you the right to harass them on twitter or instagram or do any of that it's uh does not give them any right to do that yeah obviously. but if i could play devil's advocate for a second oh boy i will say that i do not enjoy Rose Tika's character or Holdo's character, and I'm on the fence on Ray. But once again, that does not give them the right to be harassed. But I do think it does showcase that while I am, once again, in support that female characters were in Star Wars, and I enjoy the fact that uh, one, they weren't given a main lead with Ray. I do feel like the writers sort of, you know, failed at making them, you know, good written characters in my opinion yeah and that's a fair critique you should be the actresses can only do so much with what they're given it comes down to the writers it's cool is the fact that they're given crappy dialogue and crappy you know stories doesn't give the should people shouldn't insult them for that you know and they're just trying to work the best with the, what they're given right now yeah i so, would you know it, just, I would it doesn't it, it's it's sad that rose tika you know had a bad subplot and holdo is a humongous hypocrite character but at the same time don't insult them <laughs> yeah don't harass people online have we have we considered doing that now making fun of star wars fans however is perfectly okay to do and it's very <laughs> easy to do uh, <laughs> i'm just kidding i'm just having a laugh uh ryan johnson actually did an interview uh i don't I with uh, IndieWire as well, uh, where he spoke about this. I believe this was before the re release of the Rise of Skywalker, where he said uh, that uh, catering to fans rather than challenging them is a mistake. Do you agree with that? Is catering to Star Wars fans just a recipe for disaster? I think it's a good thing. Elaborate. Why, like, why is it a good thing? It depends on the advice that the fans are giving on how it fits within the time continuum and the storytelling aspect itself. Like, if you're just pulling advice from almost... Like, if you're pulling advice from the fans itself, I feel like nothing's going to really match up because everybody has a different perspective on Star Wars, on what it wants, on what they want it to look like. So if you have, as a director, you have this vision for the film. The vision. I feel like you know 
more of what you want to see from the film because i mean as a director i feel like you're supposed to research all that you can about this film to make it the best it can be for the audience um because it is a piece of art if you're just taking advice from everybody else and you're not working with your own ideas it's not going to turn out the best it can be and i feel like in the end you're not going to be happy with it and therefore nobody's going to be happy with it because you're going to see that lack of effort in the final product. And I think that's what we saw in The Rise of Skywalker, that lack of effort and creative, you know, juice that you put into the, the movie. So I feel like you have to have an extent to which you, you know, pull from the fan base. You have to work with what your own ideas and a little bit of what they want. What about your, how do you feel, Nick? How do you feel about catering to Star Wars fans after the Rise of Skywalker? Well, it's a layered, it's a layered question for me, especially since it's coming from uh, Ryan Johnson, of all people, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, um, that's true. It's uh, it's sort of a thing where I, I agree that people should be challenged in their uh, stories they listen to. You know, Star Wars is a great medium for that. I think Clone Wars is a good job of, challenging the norms especially anything that has to deal with clones in the clone wars because basically they are slave soldiers in the show and the show does not hide that it, it highlights that and that's sort of why i kind of like the show lots because it does challenge the ideals that star wars has or the themes it has but at the same time when it came to ryan johnson that was his goal with last jedi i mean you still need to make a cons a consistent story out of that if you want to challenge your audience you need to you know make make people know that you're going to be challenged so like when ray's parenthood is revealed in last jedi and it says nobody but in the previous movies it's set up as a big mystery it's not so much a challenge as a cop-out answer in my opinion okay yeah if you're going to challenge your audience you are actually going to need to challenge it. Sort of like how Game of Thrones is the best example of that, of just when, uh, spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen it, yes. Uh, but basically the end of the first season, you know, when with Ned Stark, you know? Challenge your audience to say, hey, this is the world you're living in right now in this show. Anyone can go. Yeah, I think that, I think that's fair. And... Ryan Johnson does make some decisions with The Last Jedi that I think were just kind of like uh, twists for the sake of being twists. Uh, you know, granted, I still believe he wasn't given much to work with in terms of like where to t where to make the franchise go beyond that. Uh, if J.J. had been given three movies, it would have been fine. If Ryan Johnson had been given three movies, it would have been probably better. But the fact that they went between the two of them and the fact that the two have such different directorial styles did not help uh, the the problems. And Ryan Johnson, with with the twists he made, I, I agree that, personally, I am okay with not catering to Star Wars fans uh, because I, it doesn't matter to me because I'm not that big of a Star Wars fan. I'm interested in some good movies. And... Now, The Last Jedi was not necessarily a great movie. I like it. But there's so much missing potential with Star Wars nowadays that I think 
they got to find a direction with where they're going in the future. And that's, how, that's what I'm going to close out here is what do you want to see Star Wars do going forward? As we move out of the Skywalker saga, where do you want to see it go next? I mean, I feel like they've touched on it a little bit. Um, Solo was rough. <laughs> um, but, of course, you have The Mandalorian, which, as I'm going to say again, I haven't seen it yet, so I can't really make a good judgment. But um, I like how we're going into more of those in-between people where it's like, hey, life isn't all black and white. It's not light side or dark side. There's only people in the middle because they're just fighting to stay alive. Um, and that's something I feel like we can all kind of relate to in a little bit in our own kind of way. Um, I like how they're going in that direction, but I would also like to see them, you know, make more TV shows out of it. Like you guys were saying earlier, because I do feel like the sequels trilogy would have been stronger if it was a tv show that's just my own personal opinion because um like you guys were also saying in the prequels that was a lot of information to digest um and i also feel like there was a lot of information and stuff to digest within the sequels and so having that turn into a tv show it's easier to digest all that information than so you can go back and i guess binge watch it and um, you know, take it in, all in at once. Yeah. But in the beginning, like um, digesting it in your own kind of way, you know, taking it slowly. Yeah. I agree. I, I like more of the direction of the sort of exploring the, the, uh, the gray side of star Wars, because, you know, the movies we, we get enough, you know, you know, light and dark, you know, black and white in terms of, the good and evil of Star Wars. I'm more interested in, you know, stuff like Mandalorian or Clone Wars. That stuff that, that explores the the middle in between, you know, the every average day lives of either soldiers or bounty hunters or just people in general in this world. Because it's such a big world, why do we have to keep focusing on the same two things in these movies of Sith, Jedi, Empire, Rebellion, you know? Yeah. Let's Let's explore more about what this world has to offer. Yeah, and one of the criticisms that Star Wars has received is that for a world so vast, the movies are so limited in their scope. Because when you're making the movie, you have to make as much money as possible. And to make as much money as possible, you have to include all of the things people recognize. So you can't tell stories outside of the boxes that require that allows people to see things they recognize and clap it creates a very limited universe and i think if star wars gets out of the shackles of that feeling that they have to rely mm -hmm. on uh previously established uh canon and like what's big in the original trilogy if they can get away from that then I think Star Wars will end up being a much more promising franchise going forward. And I hope it does, because there's a lot of potential with Star Wars that I think is just being left untapped right now. But their main goal right now should be to get any kind of consistent narrative. One yeah. vision, one director. 
I agree. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Any final thoughts from the two of you? Um, not really. I mean, I I nitpick as you know you always do for your favorite movies, but this I will always um, love and appreciate Star Wars. It's just there's some movies in between that I could probably do without, like The Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Uh, <laughs> but um, I also feel like making those big jumps in the franchise also just comes with this making big jumps in general on stuff. So. How about you, Nick? Any final thoughts? If I wanted to mention this beforehand, but if I had one final thought to say of Star Wars, because once again, I'm sort of going on hiatus with the whole franchise right now. But if I had one thought is I would like a little bit more of that George Lucas magic back, you know? Like, we talked about the uh, the fact that Star Wars needs one vision, one consistent story, one consistent theme, and, of course, consistent characters as the sequels and prequels have shown. Um, I would like some of that George Lucas magic back of just enjoying the creative creativeness and the stories created by one vision. So I don't. So while I personally like it to be shown in gray, I feel like Star Wars definitely should try and find that one vision, and just go with it. And if it goes good or bad, just stick with it. Yeah, it's better to be making a bad decision together than to have a bunch of people making good decisions but not on the same page, because then you just get a mess. In my opinion. But uh, yeah, I, I agree with that. But yeah, all right. I think that will uh, conclude our Star Wars discussion for this episode of Input 2. If you like this episode, feel free to check out the rest of our podcast on ByteBSU.com or on our SoundCloud, uh, which I believe is the Ball State Daily SoundCloud, uh, where you are listening to this right now. Check out our other podcasts. We have several other wonderful shows that you can listen to, a whole back catalog while you are in quarantine. Uh, highly recommend checking them out. Uh, if you also want to enjoy some other content, we have videos, we have reviews, news pieces, features, uh, lots of other things to engage with on ByteBSU.com. Follow us on social media at ByteBSU on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I said that twice. And Snapchat. Uh, uh, follow us on all of those platforms. We have uh, graphics, uh, exclusive graphics content and other fun social media things that we do. Uh, input to is, of course, a production of uh, Ball State University's Unified Media Lab uh, and Byte BSU under the direction of uh, Editor-in-Chief Jeremy Rogers and Senior Podcast Editor Kellen Harrison. Uh, I am your host, Tanner Kinney, and with me today I have had... Ben Harrison. One at a time. (laughs) 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 All right. Kellen Harrison. You you cut out there. You just you got it. You just got to do it again. Oh, what? Kellen Harrison. That's good enough. All right. So, uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, regardless of how this is sounding, 
again, still not in a studio. We're doing the best we can. But I hope that you've been enjoying the conversations and check back again next week for another episode of Input 2. Thank you for listening. <laughs>